This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, league lovers and climate deniers, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nilsson. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Mudge, Cedric Espen, some AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. That's the sound of a man possessed with a life-affirming passion of rugby league coursing through his veins. A man who is decent, fun-loving, elbow-bending, hard-working Australian with an abnormal interest in football violence. That man is the sumster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof cave here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia, welcome to another bludge. It's H.G. Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible... I know I say it every week, but this one was an incredible week. A week when too much pot is barely enough. Of course, the greatest game of all exploded Wednesday night with all the emotion that an Origin decider in Lang Park delivers. It was Origin's Night of Nights. And in the fallout from the Maroon win, so many quiet, genuine Australian parents have contacted the blindside office saying they had never seen the rugby league before, but loved the big hits, the concussions, the send-offs, the thump and dumps, and realised the sheer uncontrolled brutality was a beauty in itself. And they thought that the players, this is people who have never seen the game before, made it, those, all the players made a significant contribution last Wednesday night to world peace. That's right, fellow Aussies. These people witnessed peace, love and understanding through rugby league violence. To a person, these parents asked, how can their youngsters get involved? And they say the game is dead. It'll be dead without those parents ringing the blindside office and saying, what do I do to get my youngster involved? I'd love to see them carted off medivac style in an origin decider. I mean, that's a dream parents have, you know. The decider was... <laughs> Excuse me. Emotion, it takes over you. I mean, I'm still emotional from last Wednesday night. And you know what? I didn't, I didn't really have an interest in the game. I just thought it'd be great to get a good game of rugby. Leon was! The decider was a game changer for the code on the paddock and off with many of the big name interstate visitors cramming into the ARL owned and operated Gambaro Hotel in Caxton Street for a pre-kickoff trough. Now, I took a peek at what people were eating. Many swerved past the Patagonian toothfish, steamed with ginger and shallots and uh, served with hand-cut fries and took the surf and turf, whole sole and flathead option when dining. And the interstate big notice, and there were many of them, gave the whole concept that is a rugby league concept, a first for rugby league in the world, as in owning a hotel and not bothering about, you know, busted-ass teams like the Dolphins. When are they going to get a player? Be that as it may, they gave it a rave reviews, a five-star rating and thumbs up all round. Now, obviously, we'll dissect the game in the two hours that are available ahead of us. I don't know how far we're going to get. Maybe we'll get up to about this 13th minute. But let's flesh out the revolutionary rugby league loss league proposal. Now, Roy, my partner and my colleague in league, broke this last week 
And the new Albo government in Canberra will present the first, uh, well, should I say, at the first sitting of uh, the new parliament, that's I think sometime this week, uh, these rugby league leave, loss leave proposal as part of a suite of health measures. It's timely with many people south of the Swedes, south of the Swede, south of the Tweed, uh, still hurting after Wednesday night. So league lovers, if you or your family are experiencing any of the following symptoms, you may be eligible to take part in this sporting health revolution. If after the final hooter last Wednesday or the final hooter this weekend, you feel in your heart of hearts that you're experiencing that debilitating feeling of a loss accompanied by the thought that it wasn't us out there, the team needs to go into the room and mirrors and have a good hard look at itself, or a line needs to be drawn in the sand, or that someone somewhere has to step up, or it's time to press the panic button. If you're experiencing any of these emotions, don't delay, get in touch with the Department of Health and you may be eligible for immediate cash compensation and or time off from work at full pay. It's a terrific initiative. If we can only get the Greens right up behind it, I'm sure it'll become legal across Australia. Internationally, the rugby union test got underway in Brisbane last Saturday night and then, well... You saw it, I saw it, everybody saw it, the world saw it, the wheels fell off, the old gold fruit and nut cart. 25-17. There were suggestions that the visitors were grubbing throughout the game. Look, rugby union and grubbing, I mean, they travelled down the aisle hand in hand and the decider tonight in the best of three will erupt in Sydney. The Hockey Ruse... Now, our Hockey Roos, what a team, unsung heroes and heroines for mine. Hockey Roos defeat host Spain to advance to the World Cup semi-finals, which uh, obviously they won their semi. And this is the eighth time our Roos have made the semis in nine appearances, and that is some record. And now they're on track to appear in the World Hockey Cup granny. Now, cricket and the second test in Sri Lanka was played on glass in front of a riding nation. Not often you get a riding nation to turn out for a cricket match, but Sri Lanka, they did it. And the stars shone. Smith with a ton, Labashane with a ton. But it was not enough as the host won by, wait for it, innings and 39 runs in four days. No late scores from the riots yet. Football coaches in trouble. Well, there's far too many to count, really, in uh, both the league and the AFL. And North Melbourne Kangaroos are beating the Bushes, hoping to scare up a coach for 2023 who meets with AFL and the murderer's approval. That's the big stumbling block now with the AFL. Everybody has to be approved by the murderer. Now, elsewhere, could the combination of Sheens and Marshall, that is Tim and Benji, take the Tigers forward into a golden future? Well, this one, this one, I don't know. I mean... Somebody must be thinking something. I'm thinking tears before bedtime, but that's just me. Long jump and the romance of running up, hitting the board, heading skywards before landing in the sand is alive and kicking. Brooke Bushkuhl set a national record with the biggest leap for 2022 in the caper. Brooke smashed her own Australian record by eight centimetres. That's right, eight centimetres with a leap of seven metres 13. Remember the World Athletic Championships start today in Oregon. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. Tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through this all backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Now to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's, it's time to ask a man who gave the world a voice of hope. And what's great is brutality, hope and rugby league go hand in hand. 
Well, I've got to ask him to step up uh, with the Voice of Hope for another spray. Uh, the Voice of Hope, incidentally, is only heard on Bludging on the Blind Side. The voice belongs to Rampaging Roy Slavin. And remember, before we go on and unleash this man, remember the bludge is the home of the dipsy doodle around the back door. Happy Rugby League, Roy. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion for another week simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick, Cyber Dude! Yes, uh, thank you very, very much, uh... H.G. Nelson and happy rugby league to to you and to your family, H.G. And happy rugby league to all quiet, decent Australians who support the vast rugby league community throughout the Pacific Islands. Good to see the Pacific Islands in rugby league in the news this week with the, uh, the, the huge Souths fan and Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. Blues man. Uh, and a blues man. Uh, really uh, putting Australia front and centre again and rugby league front and centre in the Pacific Islands, and that's great to see. He had jumpers from all. He did. Not rabbits jumpers. Nope. Rugby league Australian jumpers. Nick, so close. Nick Curios, he just lacked composure. Now, a little Leighton has reached out. Wanting uh, Nick in the Davis Cup squad, and I'm sure Nick's over the moon very excited about playing Davis Cup again. It's not often we talk about Davis Cup. I don't know if Davis Cup really cuts it as much as it used to. Does it still exist? It, it does still exist, and don't ask me about how it works yeah. or how... Once every five know, what, years? Um, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd like to see more Davis Cup front and centre, um, but maybe that's a dream that's... Never going to be realised anymore. Not too sure. But if anyone can get people talking Davis Cup, it'll be Nick Kyrgios. And Little Leighton. Oh, well, Little Leighton. Well, Little Leighton's been trying very hard, but even with Little Leighton at the helm, and I don't know how long he's been at the helm now. It could be... Ten years. Maybe. Mm. Who'd know? Mm. I mean, who takes account of Davis Cup anymore? Who keeps the score? Mm. Who too makes... No, why, why, why don't the press give us some news, Davis Cup news? When was the last time you read a nice, bloody good, uplifting Davis Cup story? Well, I, can't I can't remember. remember. I can't remember, Roy. Yeah, it used to be front and centre. I know, it used to be front and centre. Anyway. When Kenny Rosewall... Kenny Hope, Rosewall, he was a hero, Davis <laughs> Cup hero. I know. How about the Super Woodies? I know they weren't the called Woodies, the Super... Yeah, they, they, they weren't called the Super Woodies. No, they weren't. I've just made that up now. What about the Super Max? Yeah, exactly. Well, they played They Davis were Cup. great. Yeah, they were. Cup was great. Cup Davis was Cup. great. That was great. You know, it was, as big as, it was as big as the Melbourne Cup, you know. Huge. The Davis it was Cup. bigger than that. Bigger than the bloody Melbourne Cup. The Davis Cup. Um, we used to go every year, you know. I know. Memorial Drive in Adelaide. Yes, I know. I know. They were the days. John McEnroe argues that Nick needs help. God, he's good, McEnroe, didn't he? Did he go any further no. than that? No, he suggested, yeah, oh, look, he did. He thought uh, it might be useful for Nick for, uh, uh, you know, some psychologist to uh, have a look at him. Sort of some sort of sporting psychologist? S no, just, you know? a, just a general psychologist, right. I think. Right. Yeah. You mean like somebody in The Sopranos? I think he was hoping Sigmund Freud might come out of his grave <laughs> and have a word to Nick. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not too sure about that. You're right, Australia was humiliated by Sri Lanka. Surely it's time for the big show to be called in. I mean, how long, how, yeah. how long is this going to go on? Uh -huh. I mean, I it's screaming out for the big show. I know. 
If anyone can turn this team around, it's going to be the Big Show. <laughs> Step forward, Big Show. Where are you, Bring Big Show? Bring it all show? together. I mean, he can do it all. Yeah, no, you he know, can. he's got those. That's right, he's little, got the Big Show. Those little offies. Those little offies he bowls. <laughs> little <laughs> deceptive offies. You know, I mean, he's great through the air, hard to pick through the air, difficult <laughs> to pick off the pitch. <laughs> and he can bat and back <laughs> that quickly. Now, to Tim Zhu's fight with the world champion, Jamel Chabo. It's to be held on the 29th of January. I'm not too sure yet where. And this will be for the WBA, WBL, IBF, WBO, super welterweight belts. Who, that are, they're all united um, by Chabo. So this is going to be some fight. This is a big fight for uh, Tim Zhu. Uh, Rumours are gathering suggesting that Daniel Ricciardo may not have a place on the grid in 2023. I know. Uh, this is a very disturbing development for uh, Ricci, uh, Ricciardo freaks, of which there are many. Um, I'm hoping he can turn it around. He hasn't got much opportunity, though, to turn it around, but uh, let's hope if, let's hope he can. Two things. But, but if he doesn't, so what? So yeah. what? Australia, he'll be here for the supercar. He's got the supercars. Supercars are calling out. I know. I mean, that's my dream. Ricciardo and the supercars, big show. In the cricket. <laughs> uh, there may not be a place for Elise Perry in our uh, Commie Games T20 cricket team. This is, uh, would have been thought unthinkable up until recently. I think she's got problems as she can't bowl anymore. That seems right. to be it's the issue. It's a T20 cop, I think. It's a T20 cop, yeah. yeah. In the, uh, yeah, 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 in the Commie Games. Yeah. Birmingham. That's right. That's Later right. this month. So she could only be included as a batter. And uh, no room. Her, well, her batting stats have sort of at this in this format have plateaued, disappointingly. Now the man they call Tiger, Tiger Woods, in trouble at the Royal and Ancient. Uh, I think he missed the cut. Well, he has. He missed the cut. That hasn't happened for a hell of a long. Thoughts while. and prayers. Thoughts and prayers for the man they call Tiger. But on the other, on the you know, Cam Smith on the other hand is in very good shape. He's leading by two. And I think he might have broken the Sharks' record uh, for the fewest strokes over the first two rounds of the British Open. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. I had no idea that yep. Shark held the record Shark for one. Shark held the record, yeah. And that Cam had broken it. Cam had it. broken it. Broke it this morning. Yep. No one prouder than me. Uh, I sent on behalf of... Uh, Bludges. Bludge listeners. I said a congratulations to Cam and just told him to keep his mind on the job and don't be distracted from messages coming from overseas. Uh, Shark, of course, was uninvited to the big 150th do for the Royal and Ancient, which was a, a fantastic night. Uh, but I don't know if Shark would have turned up anyway. I, I seem to recall... Quite a few years ago, HGU and myself, we hosted the centenary do for the Australian PGA at the Town Hall in Sydney. It was a marvellous night. It was a great night. Great night. We we uh, might have we spent a bit of time with uh, with uh, might have been uh, Peter Thompson. Peter Thompson. What yes. a lovely fellow yes. he was. What a yes. gentleman and yes. a former winner of the British yes. Open, of course. Five times. Five times winner of the mm. British Open. What a what a terrific player. Lovely fella. Uh, we spent a bit of time with quite a few of the golfers. We did. There. We enjoyed their company. We enjoyed their company. And that's the only time I've ever been in the town. Same hall. here. Same here. Odd. I know, but it was it was a marvellous night. Now, from memory, the shark was staying at a hotel across the street, and couldn't bother coming across. No. Typical of the shark. Typical of the shark. Um, 
there was, I mean, we spoke about it quite a bit. We uh, we called on the shark to come on over. I mean, I think we shouted loud enough that he would have heard us. He would have. But uh, that's when the When we shark. said fire to the foyer of the hotel, he was wondering why somebody was smoking him out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, shark wasn't there. And can I just say we didn't miss him? No. No, we didn't. At we the didn't. Australian Centenary, the Australian PGA, we, we didn't miss him. No. Nobody missed him. No. Nobody missed him. I mean, we talked about how much we didn't miss him. <laughs> didn't we? We did. We did. We, Peter we, Thompson we, didn't miss him. I asked we, Peter. We I said, overboard. Peter. I said, we overboard. Yeah. I said, Peter, you, you missed anyone here tonight? He said, no. Nah. We had a Q and A style panel. Remember, we did. We all sat down in chairs. I we thought did. it was a bit weird. We did. Like people up the back. I think Robert seat. Allenby was there. Robert Allenby was he there. He was great. He was I, great. I said to Robert, "You missed anyone?" He said, "No." Nah. I said, "What about Chuck?" He said, "Who?" That <laughs> was a great response. You brought the house down. I know. Brought the house down. What a night that was. That was very funny. And hmm. you know, we sent a tape of that to Fuzzy and Duffy Waldorf. Oh, that's Fuzzy right. Zeller and Fuzzy Duffy Zeller. Yeah, because yeah. we spent a bit of time talking about Fuzzy. Not that he had anything to do with the Australian PGA, he didn't. But that's why we talked about him. <coughs> now, hockey news, yes. HG's mentioned that into the final. That's wonderful news. It is good news. And wonderful week, of course, for the greatest game of all. Uh, the Blues, well, they were brave, but uh, lacked belief, drive and a game plan. Now, some are quite cruelly saying that Queenslanders care more for the Guernsey than New South Wales players do. Now, we might have to explore this. It's a very disturbing development if that's the case. The Eastern Stand, in a good news story, in a, what's been a bugger of a week, apart from Cam Smith, of course, uh, Eastern Stand at Amy Park in Melbourne to be called the Cam Smith Stand or the Cameron Smith Stand. Um, After the rugby league player. Yes. I'm a little bit disappointed about this and I think uh, Cam should be too. Shouldn't Amy Park be renamed Cam Smith Park? Well, I think that's a start. Cameron Smith Park. Yeah. That's what... It, and, and in any duties that we have concerned with rugby league, from here on, I'm we only will... going to refer to Amy, Amy Park as Cameron Smith Park. I'll never call it Amy Park again. Very wise. Very wise. Because in my, to my mind, it's Cameron Smith Park. Yeah, no, he made it his own. He made it his own. Yeah, he rewrote. He the was a colossus in that space. Four hundred games. Four hundred. People. Oh, Four hundred and counting. Yeah, I know. Plus the hundreds of times he played for Australia. Oh yeah. Plus the hundreds of bloody times he bloody won one state of origin. Refereed. Refereed everything. Did the bloody lot. Did the bloody lot. Yeah, Cameron Smith Park. I think fitting. And inside it. The yeah. Cameron Smith stand. Yes, but in every the Cameron stand, Smith stand. Every stand. Every stand is a Cameron Smith stand. Of course they You go to Cameron Smith stand? Yeah, I'm yeah. going. Where are you sitting in the Cameron Smith stand? Good, I'll see you there. Maybe. Ah, uh, yes, Tim Sheens and Benji. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Has it come to this? West Tigers? Look, I love Benji. Remember, Lord Alan Sugar pointed out that, you know, he, he's great. Uh, uh. He won he, that. And Lord Alan Sugar knows rugby yeah. league. Doesn't he? He does. And Premier League. And Premier League, yeah. Um, now, the new franchise, the Dolphins, I mean, 
What is going on Who here? Who have they got? Well, they've, they've got no one. Are the clubs ganging up on Bennett? I don't know. I, is, is Bennett on the nose? I mean, my feeling that, is that's is my that feeling. That the, the players, the players don't like. They don't. They've gone off Bennett. Well, they they feel as though the clubs they feel, as feel as they, as though they, they can never get to know him. Yeah. Well, the other way round too. He said the only people who know him are in head office. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll just have to wait and see. It would seem now that a Malay is uh, acceptable in state of origin games. Had this been a club match, had we had a, you know, a, a Malay as we saw last Wednesday night, had that been a club match, there would have been send-offs. I, 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 there would have been I send-offs. I just cannot understand. I can't going. understand where rugby league's going. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I like it, sure. But let's be consistent. If you're allowed to have a Malay, let's have a Malay. You know, there are legal Malays and illegal Malays. Yeah. And it's up to the ref to, you know, decide sort which is legal and which isn't. Apparently the one on Wednesday night was completely legal. Now, listen, can I just ask a question on the run here? <sighs> what did you make now of the result of match two in relationship to the result of match three? Oh, well, it's a punter's nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it... I mean how, are you, how are you expected to what, – what does a form line mean? Exactly. Who was paid off? Mm, exactly. Who was paid to lose? Eh? <laughs> huh? On Wednesday night, and how much? That's what I want to know. And finally, we might get to this. How come the Maroons always win when they're the underdogs and the Blues always lose when they're the favourites? Eh? Put that on a punter special. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Could Greater Western Sydney Giant Grub of the Year, Toby Green, be on the lurk near you? Download the app that lets you know where TG is 24-7 and stay safe. This public service is brought to you by Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, coming to Wednesday night, you know, Wednesday morning in the paper, this is the nine paper owned by Sneezeby. Uh... I don't know if he has anything to do with writing the headlines, but one of the headlines... He would. He would. He'd have a look at this. Fittler can't see Maroons winning. And I thought, ooh, that's a big call. It reminded me of the sort of gear that backdoor Benny Elias had produced on the oh, morning yes. of a match. Yes. Fittler can't see Maroons winning. Mm. Now, he, uh, he went on a bullish Brad Fittler, this is the copy, said he can't see any other outcome than New South Wales wanting to win the state of origin decider more than Queensland and warned his players they won't get the rub of the green at Suncorp Stadium. Now, there's two well, things. he was right there. No, absolutely right. I right, mean, yeah. you know. But you don't expect the rub of the green no. at Lang Park. You're exactly right. You know. I mean, Klein's no idiot. No. He knows where his car's parked. Yeah. And let's face it, for the sake of what was cosmetic Reasons yeah. he pulled back seven possible tries. Yeah, I mean, he did. And as other commentators have pointed out to me privately, they're all correct decisions. Yes. Mm. I mean, if he wanted to give them the rub of the green, any one of those could have been, oh, yeah, no, I won't worry about going to the bunker. What would they know? Mm. Give it a, you know, obviously to the uh, Queensland. No, I thought it was, I thought it was quite a quality de- demonstration, a brave mm. demonstration yes. from Clyde. Yeah, it was. And I believe that. I, I think a lot of kids are going to put their hands up and want to be. Refs now as a result of what Klein did the other night. Exactly. That was my feeling. And your call for reinstating touchies in the community has yeah. borne fruit already. I saw the touchies involved yes, over they, and over again. They, they were was, more they involved, were, weren't they? They were. Yes. They were. They responded to your call. Yeah. And I think to a person, mm. they've got home safely. Yes. Sure, there was a bit of, you know, penny bangers in the letterbox the sure, next day, sure. all that sort of stuff. That's yeah. what you'd expect. Yeah. But generally speaking, I thought the touchies acquitted themselves excellently. They did. 
quiet, they did unassuming that, Very quiet, raised the flag at the right time, uh, were able to give advice to Klein on occasion. Uh, and and you know disappointingly missed a couple of things, but anyway, human, human, That's Lane now, Park. Uh, Fitler was asked whether whether it was, you know it was set up perfectly for a Maroons ambush. It's not. It's all set up for a good game. At the end of the day, for whatever reason, some team is going to want it a bit more than the others. It needs to be us. Yep. Asked why he thought that there would be the Blues, Fittler said, it, w- it will be. I- I've seen the way they've trained, the preparation they put in, and I, can- I can't see any other result. Mm. Now, that was devastating to me, all that tripe from Fittler. Yeah. I mean, I had to think, you know, what gear's he on? Mm. Because the idea yeah. that, you know, you put in the paper – Maroons are going to lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a red rag to yes. any hot-blooded Queenslander. Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, b- well, you know, Billy Slater would have had that article blown up, blown up, and in, put on the wall yeah. in the maroon dressing room. Now, he says about Ashley Klein. I can't control Ashley Klein. He's fair referee. He's not the best, obviously. I mean, I make Grant Atkins better than him, but yeah. I'm sure he'll be fair Wednesday night. We did our due diligence and asked referee's boss Jared Maxwell about things in the. In the game, at the end of, uh, you know, I find that pretty, can be pretty fruitile as well. Mm. Now, so he's already blaming the referee. Then after the game, yeah. he comes out and says, it is what it is. It is what it is. Mm. Well, hang on a minute. Yeah. I can't remember a ref, sorry, um, a New South Wales coach mm. being as sanguine as that ever. No. You know, he's got to say something like he's got to give Blues people hope. <clears throat> You know, he's got to, you know, he's got to say we'll be back next year better than ever. Yeah. We've got to learn a lot. This we've, is, we've learned from this experience. That's right. You know. And if people in Northern And we're going to come back stronger next year and we're going to win. <laughs> That'll do. And I put That's all he out. had to say. I know. You, you know, he, he, he had to say, well, you know, I, I, I can't uh, talk down the effort of the Blues, you know. Uh, everyone played as well as I, I'd expected them to. They, they, they were really great, but... Just the Maroons were just a little bit better tonight, but we'll learn from this. We'll, we'll we'll be back next year and we'll be better. And a special shout out to the people in the Northern Rivers area. Yeah. I know you're doing it tough with floods and that, but yeah. don't lose hope in the Blues. blues you had no. to send a powerful message to them because you know the last time he went up there, they all hated New South Wales because they always lost to the Maroons. <laughs> I mean, what more can I say? Yeah, I know. Now, yeah. before the kickoff. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm right in saying for the last 35 years, you visited the rooms of mm. both teams <clears throat> yep. before the kickoff. You came back Wednesday night yeah. to the seat alongside me. You were tight-lipped and ashen-faced. I was. And I, I was. thought, what's going on here? What did you find when you went into the rooms? Well, uh, I, I poked my head into the uh, maroon rooms and there, were, there was lots of what we, in the old days, we'd call chayacking around. <laughs> you know, there was a flicking of the towels and... That, that sort of, you know, wet towel flicks and Putting stuff like that. Pants on the top. Pants Burning a mate's underpants and stuff like that. It was, it was funny, you know. There was a lot going on. And uh, Billy Slater was, uh, you know, just singing and whistling, you know. <laughs> that sort of tuneless stuff. Tuneless whistling? Yeah, tuneless whistling, but everyone loved it. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of the blokes were saying, yeah, whistle a little bit, a little, a little bit more of that whistling. Billy, we like that. Yeah, no worries. It's funny as. So I poked my head into the blues uh, dressing room, mm-hmm. and this is what I heard. Couldn't believe it. No. Not a word. No. No one speaking. Everyone sitting still, staring blankly into space, as if they didn't know where they were, what they were doing, 
what yeah. they were meant to do or what they were in for. They looked like they looked like they'd just been told that you're going to be taken out into the middle and hanged, publicly hanged. That's how they looked. That's how they looked, HG. And I said that to you at the time. You I said they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, couldn't they're, believe it. They're at the end of a rope. Yeah, they're just dangling. They're dangling. They're desperate. Mm. They're struggling. They're, mm. they're mentally... No guidance. Mentally, they've been executed. In their own minds, they've all been executed. That's how they looked. You know, and I didn't think that was the motivation they needed. No. You know, I was tempted to say something like, hey, wake up, you blokes. You've got a game of rugby league coming up. You've got to enjoy it. Mm. You know, something like that. Mm. We're here to win. You know, mm. who are we? We're the Blues. We're going to win. Stuff like that. Just something, you know, hand out a lolly or something, give you know, oh. anything, just to engage them. Well, you, I mean, I know you went down there with a packet of Tim Tams. Yeah. It just you, didn't seem right, actually. Yeah, didn't to hand right. them out and say, yeah. hello, my name's Roy. Yeah. Pleased to meet you. Yeah. And, it just, and there were other weird things I noticed as well, HG. You know, you, there you had Paul Cleary. He was wearing number 12 on his back. He'd been given the wrong Guernsey. Oh, no. They'd all been given the wrong Guernsey. So there was a last minute, oh, oh, hang on, this yeah. is, I'll oh, give seven. Yeah. Hey, what do you got on? I'm 22. No, you're not. Yeah. Paul Cleary yeah. changed his name Freddy, for the match what number am I? Yeah. I've forgotten. You're six. Am I playing five eight? <laughs> you never said. I want to be in the front row <laughs> where I can bludge on the blind side. <laughs> now, just before we go on, yeah. can I ask you, and this puts you on a spot, mm. The shape of the big three matches that have been played. Yeah. Obviously, the well, last the first, one. Well, the first was the one that indicated most, didn't it? It did. It did. It, was, it was the one that said, oh, hang on, we've got a competition here. Well, and go back a little bit to the whole shape. Okay, the last match is decided at Lang Park, so people know mm. that they've got to go one each to that. Yeah. So... <clears throat> In the end, they uh, win the first one. So the second one is uh, obviously this Maroons win the yeah, first one. Yeah. Then the Blues win the second one, predictably enough. Blew them away. Yeah, blew them yeah, away. Because the Maroons weren't all that interested. They knew they had Lang Park just around Thanks the corner and they'd done all the work in the first one. That's right. So they just wanted to get out with as little injury as possible. Yeah. So they didn't care about that. No. Nah. Now, this worries me a lot. No, I don't think it's And that would have been Cam. You know, Cam would have said that. I understand Listen, listen, blokes, just go through the motions. Just put on a show, you know, just be a little bit entertaining. But I'm not worried if you win or not tonight. If you win, you win. If you don't, don't worry because we've got Lang Park. Now, am I right in remembering that uh, the last time they went to Perth, the uh, New South Wales Blues touched up the Maroons. Yeah. Uh, Bennett was seen shyacking and running around with a copy of the... uh, West Australian at the blaze at the back door, uh, but because he knew they'd be back in Lang Park. Yeah, now, exactly right. So where it, where does Fittler fit into this? Because coming out, yeah, uh, beforehand saying can't see the Maroons winning, and then immediately afterwards saying it is what it is. It is. What well, it he is. knew what it was all along. Well, maybe, maybe he didn't. HG. Maybe he was just found out of his depth. Maybe he's out of his depth. Maybe he didn't know why the room was silent. Is because he didn't know he couldn't think of anything to say. The rugby league party allows people to dream, allows people to feel safe, guarantees public housing and full employment, and the certain promise of a certain future. 
Next time you vote, vote one. Rugby League. Now, in the morning of the match, as well as the problems that I've got with uh, Fitlub, mm. the uh, the chief sports writer at Sneesby's show... Yes. Uh, <clears throat> uh, right. Under the agreement with Nine struck late last year, the popular representative weekend, which culminated in Origin 2 on Sunday night, will be abandoned in the new look lineup of Origin matches. Oh. So no more Sundays. Right. And all three Origins will be played on Wednesday evenings. Now... Mm-hmm. The uh, the backstory here is is that uh, while the first two matches of this series have featured some finest and fastest football imaginable, there is a sense or, of origin fatigue around the media coverage and interest between the games. Now, origin fatigue in the media what? is that what drives NRL decisions? What? I don't I don't sense any fatigue in the media. You know, you're not. I mean, we've had great origin stories this year. Wonderful origin stories. I mean, you just. I mean, have... that great story you were talking about, Freddie saying that the, the, the Maroons couldn't win. That was a great story. <laughs> or, you know, I noticed that just looking across Sneesby's rag, yeah. a, a beautiful piece from Andrew John saying Munster of a loss, meaning obviously yeah. young Munster, Munster being out, Cameron Munster being out, is a big loss to the Maroons. I mean, oh, that's a great story. Great, great story. story. There's oh, nothing yeah, wrong with that story. <laughs> Now, so what happens here is what will it look like, I suppose, is the question I've got to ask Yeah. You. I tell you what, people are sick, sick of the, the, the format being tinkered with. <laughs> are we sick of that, you know? I suppose I don't mind three matches on Wednesday nights yeah. a fortnight apart. It's no. got a shape to it. Well. I'm not sure what's wrong with it particularly. Yeah. Why not have it over three nights, like, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday night? You mean like Magic Round? Like Magic Round. Magic Origin. Maric, ma- magic Origin, yes. So Friday night is Origin 1. Saturday night, you beauty, Origin 2. <laughs> Sunday night. Sunday night, whoa, <laughs> Origin 3. Right. Now, while the draw for next season might be better down. You probably down need into... a larger squad, I'd suggest. Oh, yeah, you do. You do. But that's no You right. might have a squad of 50. Yeah, well, that's been well, great. People would love that. So they much would. more to talk about. Yeah. So many stories. Yes. Talk about freshening it up. <laughs> now, uh, the... Um, Draw won't be better down until later this year. The NRL is weighing up changes that won't disrupt the regular season or diminish the significance of Origin, which has become the game's golden goose because of t- revenue and TV ratings as it tracks. Now, did I see some commentary that the TV ratings for Wednesday night weren't that great? Well, and, you know, it was about 1.8 million, I think. I don't know what it normally is. I've got no idea either. I've got no idea. Sneezeby would know. Uh, uh, yeah, Sneezeby would know. Sneezeby would know, <laughs> you'd think, unless he's asleep. <laughs> now... The potential changes include, this is for this, uh, mm. according to the Chief Sports Writer, mm. uh, shorter periods between the games, meaning Origin could be played every two weeks or even three consecutive Wednesdays, as was the case in 2020 when COVID-19 forced the series to be played at the end of the season. Now, oddly enough, Rugby Union plays every week That's in their right. big tests. Yep, yep. And so it's so possible it's physically, possible. yeah. Now. So there's well, no nobody talking about consecutive nights to really test the fitness of the players. No, I would be. I would be. Yeah, some some players would be able to play all three, wouldn't they? Yeah, you know, in, in, you know, a bit hard to know yeah. exactly who, but a fullback might be able to get away with all three. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, playing the series over a four week period or even a fortnight means it'll have less impact on the NRL, although the standard has remained quite good this season compared with previous years. Mm. Now, I'm not sure where this goes really. I mean, are 
I can understand people don't like it on Sunday night. Why don't they like it on Sunday night? Mm. What, why, what is it? why can't you enjoy a good bloody state of origin on a Sunday night? Seems to me it doesn't matter what night it is. It's going to be great. Isn't it? What's not fresh about it, can I point out this, that what's not fresh about it is the idea that there always has to be a decider and we don't care how we do that. It's your old theory mm. is, you know, you're winning, you're not. Now sort it out amongst yourselves. Well, they seem to be able to be pretty professional at that. Yeah. That's what's not fresh about it yes. is the idea that it's rigged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was the last time we saw a, saw a whitewash, you know, like, or a blue wash? Well, I think I think you have to go back to when Gould was uh, coach. Oh, Maybe okay. the listeners will know this. Yeah. But it's some time ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm always... Because there's nothing funnier than watching the third state of origin when, you know, it's been won already. Rugby League believes in freedom of worship, freedom of belief freedom of speech and the inalienable right to participate in rugby league-based activities without fear of criticism, judgment or implied prejudice. In future, vote one, rugby league. Now, <clears throat> three million, HG. Just, three over, million. just over three million. Well, that's, that's not bad. That's good numbers. And oh. uh, is Sneesby claiming that they all watch nine across the nation? Uh, As in, they're not uh, watching it on KO or. Well, I don't uh, know how yeah. they look. It's it's one point eight million in the metro. That's people I'm watching it on nine. Yeah, uh, oh, of course. Seven hundred ninety three thousand <throat> were watching it on. Oh, it's probably good. Fox overall. Big numbers. Yeah. yeah. No, I get you. I get you. So, yeah. Now, look. Can I just come back to uh, Valandis's role in all of this? Yeah. And I, I did have some comments. Was he was sort of yeah now about the uh, brawls. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, no. So it's a curious thing. I don't know that I can do this justice. Yeah, he probably likes the balls but officially can't say so. (laughs) Perfect. I think that's right. That's exactly right. So coming into it, there's this schizophrenic, if I can use that term, and again I'd have to rely on a psychologist or, you know, Clement Freud or one of the Freuds to come back and help me out here. Uh, He comes into the game thinking, oh, well, we can't have any fights, can't have any brawls. I mean, what will mums and dads say? They won't get the idea that it's this is for world peace through violence and all yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. They just want peace, love and understanding. They just won't get it. Yeah. So then he comes to the match and thinks, well, what a great game. And what was interesting about it were the fights. Yeah. Well, I can't say that because I'm the head of yeah, the league. Sure. But, you know, it's just great that it happened privately yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. Is, is there an actual position here? Because as nearly as I can tell, no one got... No one got penalised. No, I, no I mean, got, there were 10 minutes got, in the bin for two of them, but... Yeah. You know, what, what happened to the old days when, you know, third man in, you're off. <laughs> Fourth man in, off. It is weird, isn't it? It is weird. And yet there's a lot of commentary about how great it is. And yeah. I'm thinking, well, what's great about it? Yeah. People don't mind people being sent off. Yeah. I think there's a, a sense of, uh, you know, that the send-off of uh, now Kafusi in the second. Oh, yeah. Origin match was a bit harsh in mm. retrospect, mm. given mm. that you could thumb somebody in the head and not get set off. Yes, yes. And there's no consistency. No there? consistency. No consistency. And how must it gall the mm. Blues to think we had more men? Yeah. Than Queensland. Yeah. Because they had two. Had we known it was gloves off, we could we could have really bloody turned it on, you know, and uh, run the risk of having a couple of blokes, you know. Concussed, wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered. Just send a couple more out. Go the thumb. It is odd, isn't it? It's odd, isn't it? 
Now, just coming back, and we've mentioned Volandis there. Mm-hmm. Look, um, the trip to England, is, uh, which is sort of now ancient history. Yes. But it was just He's meeting on, with the Queen. He's meeting with the Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said um, he was happy to speak about his brush with royalty, and yeah. you broke the story that he knew which knife to use for the fish and how to break the bread and so on. Yes. And he didn't let rugby league down no, in that regard. No, The Queen talked to Volandis one-on-one for an hour. Yep. One-on-one for an hour. And it's requested to stay in touch with the game's boss. So he is now considered sporting royalty. Yes. According to, uh, again, Sneesby's rags. Yeah. I'm still the same person, Volandis said. It was just very humbly experienced to meet someone of her magnitude. I've admired her over a long period of time and to get the opportunity to meet her, it was a dream come true. She was excellent company, very funny, and the hour just went by so quickly. Yeah. She's a very, very bright lady, completely on the ball, yeah. and she was an expert on everything we spoke about. The thing about it is, was they are normal people. Like us, the rest of us, they treated us and they treated us like royalty. Yeah. They go to the toilet just the same as us. Mm-hmm. He made such an impression on the Queen, uh, on the Queen, that uh, she wants to maintain contact. She asked that we stay in touch through an intermediary and I'd love to. Yeah. We just clicked from the minute I met her. Philanders hopes that this will inspire others. I hope I'm an inspiration to other people out there mm. that are migrants if you work hard enough, you can achieve the highest level. If it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. It's a beautiful, beautiful story, thought. isn't it? Now, you've heard the tapes mm-hmm. uh, that these extracts are taken from. Mm-hmm. But how racy are they? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and what topics are discussed? Do they talk at all about rugby league and the six again and the problems of, you know, Ashley Klein's refereeing techniques and mm-hmm. whether violence is a good, you know, basis yes, on which yes. to build a game? And Look, there was a fair bit of horse talk. HG, um, to begin with, like, who's your favourite horse, ma'am? And because she listed a few horses she's known over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked uh, Peter what what horses he liked and he mentioned two or three horses. And uh, Rooting King? Uh, I don't know if Rooting King got a look in. She might have raised Rooting King later yes. in the conversation. Yeah. When just to see how the King was still going because she was impressed that, uh, like herself, uh, Rooting King is an extraordinary age. Um, I, I think he's probably the longest lived horse in the world <laughs> at the moment. Uh, at uh, I think he's just turned sixty-seven, which is a fair whack for a horse. Well, be sixty-eight in a month. Sixty-eight August, in a month. Yeah, you know, the that's horse's, right, horse's birthday's birthday. coming up. Yeah, mm, that yeah. is a hell of an age for a horse. Oh, it is, but it, still it fit. Is. And as the Queen said, I, I'm a hell of an age for a Queen. <laughs> You know, so, so there was that sort of connection, and, yeah. and that's what Peter meant by her having a terrific sense of humour, and yeah. well, you know, didn't big, big note herself at all, and Peter didn't big note himself either. You know, when she said to him, "I believe you're the head of the rugby league as well, as well as your racing commitments," he said, "Yes, ma'am, I am." And how do you manage to juggle those things? He said, "Oh, it's very difficult." She said, "I bet it is," and and is the rugby league important to you, Peter? And uh, he said, yes, it is, ma'am. We, we have the state of origin coming up. And she said, oh, who do you think's going to win? And he said, oh, well, it, it could go either way, but if I was a betting man, and I am, <laughs> I'd put my money on the Maroons. <laughs> she said, oh, that's the Queensland team, is it? And he said, yes, ma'am, it is. They wear maroon, do they? Yes, they do, ma'am. A- and the other team is New South Wales, ma'am. And what do they wear? Blue. And she said, oh, I don't like blue much. She said, you're not alone there, (laughs) ma'am. 
Rugby League fans love Rugby League and they love Cam Smith and demand Sneesby and his toadying yes-men greenlight the eye of the storm with immediate effect. Sneesby, are you listening? This is bludging on the blind side. Now, just leaving that there, although there's a fair bit to unpack in the tapes, because uh, they did talk like that for a long time. Oh, an hour. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of names came up, you know, uh, for instance, you know, who coaches the Maroons, you know, who coaches, yes. you know, and referees. Are you having trouble with referees? We're having enormous trouble in England with referees, especially in the Premier League, yep. standard, consistency, yep. all those things. And climate change, impact of climate, climate change. Climate change on rugby on league. On rugby league and yeah. racing. And well, racing, it's yes. changed forever. Okay. Now, coming back to this, this is an interesting uh, sidelight is the organisers of the Rugby League World Cup in England have scheduled two potential dates for the final, mm. Saturday, November the 19th and Sunday, the, November the 20th. The latter has been set aside if Queen Elizabeth drops off the twig near the end of the tournament. Now, this is a very odd mm. thing to be doing. Mm. So if she, the Queen packs it in towards the end of the tournament, protocol dictates her funeral must be on a Saturday yes. followed by a week of mourning. That's right. Now, however, the RL, the Rugby League World Cup organisers, have been told a final on Sunday would be acceptable to Kensington Palace should the funeral be held the previous day. Okay. Now, I think this is why you can see now why Volandis went. Hmm. He had to get permission from the Queen to play the match on the, you know, obviously the Sunday. Very difficult subject to raise with Her Majesty HG. Oh, well, the thing is that she's a very modern woman. Oh, that's true. Very modern woman. She realises no one gets out of here alive. Yep. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, she is more than sensible to the problems that her death would create for uh, yes. all of England. Yes. Yeah, well, the world. Well, the, well, world. the world, yeah, and indeed. But I thought it was a lovely touch when he said, Mum, uh, I'd love you to present the World Cup on the day. Before you go. Before you go. The surface of the lake was calm. And yet it was obvious that NRL secrets lurked in that deep black swamp. Secrets Volandis knew about and could only be revealed on the bludge. Uh, the, yeah. la- the last Blues whitewash actually was 2000. The last Maroons whitewash was 2010, thanks to Phil for telling us that. Right. Mm. Right. They, they've been well organised, haven't they? Obviously in 2010 they realised it couldn't happen again. Yeah. Otherwise people would just hate New South Wales, you know, everywhere. Yeah, we'll have to address that issue, HG, um, about what to do with getting kids more loyal do you know what? I, the blues. I, you know, after the other night I thought we have to train crowds in New South Wales. I think so. And we have to train crowds in schools. I no longer mm. can a New South Wales match be represented by people in bright blue wigs. I mean, you've got to start. Oh, no, it's, it's, got, to be, it's got to be more ingrained than that, exactly. hasn't it? It's got exactly. to be, that, that's too superficial. Superficial, yeah. Uh, I think we've got to be, sort of begin in a sort of subliminal way, HG. You know, the trim of all schools, for example, should be blue. But the right sort of blue. Oh, no. You know, not just any blue. Yeah. The blue's blue. Yeah. And we've got to decide what colour the blue's blue is. I know. I, national conversation, obviously. You know, is it dark? Is it light? Yeah. Let's be consistent so the mm. kids have got something to believe in, oh, no. at least a colour to believe in. You know? Can I ask? Maybe some sort of, you know, if someone's ducks in the class, they're given a blue suit to wear. 
Now, am I right in thinking that uh, there was an artist called Eves Klein who invented a blue? I think you're right. And why couldn't that blue be the blue? Blue the blue. The New South Wales. Our blue. Our blue. It was invented, I think, in about the 1920s. Listeners will know. Yes, they will. And so it's got... Yes. Oh, I was looking at a sort of blue, a sort of lapis lapis lazuli. Oh, an iridescent blue. Yes, iridescent. So you saw people coming down the street and they had their blue suits on. Yes, something something like that. Now, look, come on. Annual... There used to be school blues given out. They did. Was that still the case? I think so. Certainly at Oxford and Cambridge there would yeah, be. No, 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 in, in, in primary schools and high schools in, in New South Wales. Is that mm, happening? I don't think so. Yeah, well, if it isn't anymore, it should. And I think we need what I'd call rugby league blasphemy laws. Huh? It's illegal to talk down the New South Wales blues if you're a New South Welshman. Right. You get penalised. Won't people complain? Oh, you know, of course you know, they, they will. Lot, they of course they will. Like yeah, free speech is my right. Free speech. Well, no, it's not. Right. It's blasphemous. God, you've thought this through. Well, haven't I haven't. You... I'm just starting. Yeah. We've got to start somewhere because this can't go on like it is. No. no. See, the Blues no... are a running joke. Look at our bloody coach. You had to save him when he was drowning. Mm. Well, HG's drowning again. What are you going to do? I know. Now you're making me think I did I the right thing. I've, I've had nightmares about this. I know. The painting had them reeling back in awe. The smoking gun, the AFL Supremo and the Taubmans were dancing an attractive rumba before the eyes. Suddenly the crime was there for all to see, even those bludging on the blind side. Yes, and if you want to get involved with the program, you might have a thought about the position of Mr. Fittler or many other topics. The Queen and Volanders. I mean, there's a what a play that would make. What a film that would make. It'd be just fantastic. Anyway, the text number is 0467 920 or the old way, Roy and HG at abc.net.au. And the following people have Roy. Uh, yeah, Rob from Newcastle says on the text, HG, that the origin has been busted since the kid from Bowerville, Greg Inglis, declared himself a Queenslander. Ah, uh, yeah, well, this is an old story to it do is, with how mm. you qualify yeah. to be a Queenslander or a blue. Mm. Um, I don't think they've actually cracked this one, have they, completely? No, don't think so. It's, it's wherever you played your first game, isn't it's it? It's meant to be where you play your uh, first yeah. rugby league matches. Yeah, it's not a case of where you were born. It's where you play your first rugby uh, league. I find that a sort of an odd... Yeah. Must have suited somebody at some point. Mm. Be much simpler was just what state you were born in. Yeah, no, I understand. So much simpler, wouldn't it? I know. And it makes sense. Yeah. I, I suppose the idea is if you're born in Brisbane and then all of a sudden play all your rugby league in New South Wales, the New South Wales has some interest in the mm. development of the player and they should, therefore should get some benefit. But on the other hand, it complicates, it complicates things. things way too much. Yeah. Now, James has uh, been in touch. She says, happy rugby league. Watching the Blues capitulation on Wednesday evening, I was reminded of my least favourite Thomas the Tank Engine tale. It's the story of Percy and Harold. The plucky steam engine Percy beats the boastful helicopter Harold in a race. Although normally a fan of gritty underdog tale, I always felt uncomfortable reading this book to my children, mainly because on the principles of physics and basic engineering, there's simply no way 
A turn-of-the-century steam engine travelling on contoured tracks could beat a helicopter flying in a straight line. It simply beggared belief. But then, a fully fit New South Wales blower half-time lead to lose by 10 points to a Queensland team missing grub-in-chief Munster and others because of COVID and with two players concussed within the first five minutes. And suddenly I'm thinking, Percy's victory isn't so far-fetched after all. Isn't that a wonderful email? Right that sums there. it up. That sums up, the, sums pain, up the, whole bloody the pain thing. that New South Wales is feeling today. Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. I know. How I'm much, still in a state. I think all of New South Wales is in a state of disbelief. How much more can you go wrong mm. for a team and they still win? Yeah. Uh, Steve in Perth. Happy Rugby League. Last week you were discussing the idea of resurrecting the North Sydney Bears here in Western Australia. We did. We did. The idea has been kicked around over here for the past year or so. I believe the proposal is that they play most of their home games in Perth with maybe a couple at North Sydney Oval. And, of course, Sydney Bears fans would also be able to see them play at away fixtures against the other Sydney teams if they're prepared to venture out to even you know, places such as Cronulla, Penrith, Canterbury or Parramatta. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, that's right. But I'm not sure how much assistance they'd get from Basil Zemplis, ah, who finds enough uh, spare time for his breakfast radio, Seven Sport and Lord Merrill duties, to pen a column in the paper over here. Today he wrote, quote, I'm not a rugby league man, comma, but how good was that state of origin on Wednesday night? Has Basil turned? Looks like Basil has turned. He said, make of that what you will, says Steve. That is that's, interesting, that's isn't it? That's big news. If Basil's if, turned... Yes, if we can get Basil, you know... Basil will be the last yes, holdout... it would. ...for the Bears. Yes. And if anyone can get the Bears over the line in Western Australia, it'd be Basil's Zemplers. He could. And imagine Basil mm. maybe finding time in that busy schedule that was outlined yep. to call a few matches. Ah. You know, that's where this is headed. There's a bit of, bit of a lure. Yeah, lure. Yeah. Basil, we can guarantee you... Ten matches a year. Ten matches a year. Have you got the time? Basil, yeah, sure. Yeah, count me in. Uh, Elliot's been in touch. Uh, I've been following your advocacy of rugby league leave for the last few weeks and it raised a few things for me. Firstly, the concept needs to be introduced by Australia's industrial arbiter, the Fair Work Commission, across the country so those in non-traditional rugby league states can get the advantage of their rugby league um, leave Uh, in their enterprise bargaining agreements between employers and employees. Additionally, while I love the concept that supporters of a losing team are entitled to a day off after their team loses a match with their expected to win easily, where does that leave the jubilant supporters of teams of the low-standing team who overcame a more fancied opponent? Surely the supporters of Manly, after they've defeated the Storm this past Thursday night, should be entitled to get on the cans on Friday to celebrate as much as the supporters of the Storm are entitled to drown their sorrows. Oh, that's taking it too far. It is a little bit. It could easily be applied across all codes. For example, when the West Coast Eagles downed Essendon in the AFL last weekend and introduced into our industrial wages and conditions bargaining system as a boil-over leave instead of rugby league leave, depending on the state in which one lives or is employed. Um, Why hasn't Sally McManus from the ACTU been pushing for this? Well, look, can I just say winning Mm -hmm. solves a lot of problems. Uh, Losing creates, you know, despond. Yes. 
despondency, if that's the word. So it's the despondent in the community we've got to reach out to. We do. I mean, you can get on the cans any day you like. Yes, you can. You know, after a win, sure. Yeah. But that's no reason why you can have have a day off work. No. Or, in fact, I'm suggesting up no. to a fortnight in my introductory remarks at full pay mm-hmm. uh, if things are bad enough. If you're pressing the panic button, and I bet yeah. you through the season, you know, mm-hmm. West Coast Eagles and Essendon supporters sure. would have been pressing the panic button, then I think it's worth two weeks to get over it. So, okay, you would argue the Fair Work Commission would argue that as a result of Wednesday night's fiasco, all of New South Wales gets two weeks off. Well, except those, and I know the people listening to this would be shocked to hear me say this, in the Northern Rivers part... I know. Done really These tough, are the blasphemers. I know. Who hate. Yes, but if we have a law against such blasphemy... Yeah, yeah sorry, you've got that in place already, have you? Yes. Yeah, fair enough. So the people in the Northern Rivers who are, have been in the past talking down the blues... They can't have it. They can't do that anymore. No. No. Sorry, against the law. You must love the blues. There should be an oath every morning in every schoolroom. Good morning, boys and girls. Happy rugby league. We love the blues, miss. We love the blues, sir. Something like that. It's just a little every morning. Yeah. And maybe the top the top right-hand corner of your exercise book, every time you turn the page, you write up in the top right corner, love the blues. Or a name or of a LTB. blues player. Yeah. Or the name of a blues player. Yeah. Your favourite blues Your player. Your favourite blues week. player. Yes. Mm. I mean, these are simple things. They're not big something ideas. Like, you know, or just a, a little bit, you know, maybe $10,000 or $100,000 for the best essay of the year about my favourite blue. That could be the, the theme. The theme every yeah. year. And the, every My favourite blue winner yeah. this year is Daddy Daddy Da from. Kenzerst High, yeah, with now. his beautiful article, Backdoor Betty. <laughs> is that like a Naplan thing? Everybody has to do it. Oh, I think it, Naplan. No, I, I think Naplan is everybody. I think yeah. has to do it at a certain point. I think it's a couple of times in their school okay. career. Yes, yes. I, I'm thinking something like the Archibald Prize, but for literature, <laughs> subset rugby league. Rugby league. <laughs> oh no. Mm. It's elegant. Uh, Tom from Perth. I was reading with interest the article, the ABC article, concerning the Melbourne Concert Hall and the toilet built in 1983 specifically for Princess Di. You know, I missed this article. I didn't know they'd purpose-built a toilet at the Concert Hall for Princess Di. I understand that they would. Now, when you think about it, if you know a royal's coming, you've got to make sure the amenities are... Absolutely first class. And what's the future of this toilet now? Well... It's still there? I assume so. Okay. The story goes that during the Royal Couple's Australian visit in 1983 and the opening of the concert hall, Her Royal Highness was pointed to her personal sanctuary within the private lounge for her and the Prince of Wales. Yeah. Apparently, the expectation of using the facilities became too great and the People's Princess elected to use the general facilities. Tragically, the porcelain throne never bore its intended... Wow, what a weird what story! What a story that is! That is. I, don't, so. I don't know where this story is going. Of particular interest, I noted that the article suggests having a commode fit for royalty is what made Melbourne a cultural capital. It got me thinking: with the many thousand toilets planned for the new SFS, will there be those specifically allocated to royals who are in the country and enjoying the greatest game of all? If so, will Sydney wrestle back the crown of cultural capital of Australia? 
Or will this lead to a cold war of our state's capitals building, building more and more extravagant facilities covered in velvet and finished with the finer and finer silks, soaps and perfumes on a quest for a toilet and therefore cultural ascendancy? Whoa, jeepers creepers, we're... Sort of, it's a weird rabbit hole, I know. isn't it? <laughs> I was just going to say, we're tunnelling in deep here. Yeah. Can I raise something with you, Look, though? Look, I would like to think that all the new toilets that are being built in the new stadia for rugby league and the rugby league centres of excellence, et cetera, et cetera, would all be world class. Well, why, why would wouldn't all they? be up why, to royal standard? What have we got a few, you know, old thrones that like Henry VIII used, which were, oh, you no, know, no Henry plumbing? Oh, no, Henry VIII, he just used a bit of straw. You, yeah, you true, wouldn't want that. True, no. No, but that's it's got to be state of the art. Okay, as I understand, maybe a B day. Yes, you know, where yes, you one... can set the temperature. You yeah, want. Yeah, one of those Japanese Japanese super super, super, super toilets. <laughs> now, can I raise something with you, which I haven't revealed till now? Mm-hmm. That there's a special toilet being built in the new SFS for yeah. Peter Valandis. Oh, and there is some suggestion with the super toilet, the Japanese super, super to- toilet, Japanese super toilet for Valandis. Now, there is some suggestion that he is uh, of royal descent. Really? And uh, No wonder I, he got on so well with the Queen. Exactly, exactly. So I was trying to link those two stories yeah. earlier, but we didn't have time. Right. But as I understand it, the link is the Aussie knight, Prince Philip. Prince Philip? Yeah. That, you know, He's related to Prince Philip? Uh, yes, yes. Sort indirectly. of vaguely? Yeah, indirectly. So he's a Mountbatten? He's a Mountbatten. That's right. They, that's why, as you point out, that's the only way you could understand the selection of cutlery, the breaking yeah, of the bread yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff and the rapport right. that developed, that he's got royal blood. Wow. And so that's why he's got his own toilet in the SFS. Because he's royal. Yeah. Wow. Talk about feathers. It goes on, doesn't it? <laughs> now, Jonathan's been in touch. He says, happy rugby league, gents. I've lived in the American heartland for 10 years. Yes. And I'm enthusiastic for rugby league expansion here, but I do have concerns. Okay. American athletes are not trusted to make decisions on the field. Their footballers learn plays, but the coaches call the plays. The players are puppets. Professional baseball players aren't even trusted to decide when to run from third base to home. You get the idea. Rugby league players, by comparison, have to think on the field. I'm concerned that rugby league is too intellectual for a now infantilised generation of American athlete. He well, thinks it's disturbing. too intellectual. Intellectual? Mm. You, what do you think, Roy? Is that any truth to that assertion? Or well, think... I think Americans are going to, let's, let's, you know, no helmet, no pads, they're going to be shocked by that. But then they're going to be shocked by, what, he decided to do that? He decided to pass the ball there? <laughs> Just now. Who decided to pass the ball there? He did? That number seven? Number seven back the ball? His idea? Man. Now, could you suggest, though, that these are, this is a nation that, well, mm. I don't want to be unkind, you know, got people on the moon. And, yes. Uh, created, uh, you know, sort of uh, oh, systems yeah. of, you know, uh, yeah. What do you call it? The digital economy? Yeah. You know, FinTech. The, J- the James Webb bloody telescope. Thanks very much. Wonderful. Those images, now, the detail. And people who understand that can't understand rugby league? Yeah, that's well. Of course they'll understand it. Now, could I suggest also, while we're on that, mm-hmm. would it have been good to stage the third Origin match, that last match, Wednesday night, in America? 
Yes. Now, I know we've, we've been here before, yes. Long Beach, 67, It would have made it hard for the Maroons to win, though. They needed the crowd there. Yeah, no, I agree. Take the crowd as well. Mm, fair enough. Show the Americans how the crowd behaves. Yeah. Uh, now, this has come from Frank. He says, happy rugby league to you both and your families. When it comes to new stadium construction for rural and regional areas, can I pass on a suggestion that is currently in use in Italy at the Maypie Stadium in Reggio Emilia? The entire pitch is surrounded by a moat mm. that captures excess water running off the pitch and stands. The moat was designed by original architects Aldo Pavoni oh, and Pavoni, Carlo yeah. Minim yeah. to deter fans from running onto the field. Yeah, that very ancient. Yeah. Ancient use of... Yeah. Controlling crowds. However, the moat is a- around 12 feet deep, 10 feet wide, and is home to tens of thousands of fish of all sizes. Not only can you watch a football match, but if your heart desires, bring out a rod and drop a line, as some fans have been known to do, as the picture below's show. With the cost of living putting a squeeze on more and more hard-working Australians, touchies and abattoir workers, what more could you ask for... They're not only watching the footy, but catching your family's dinner at the same time. Just another way to attract fans to the greatest game of all. That's a fantastic suggestion. Yes. But what I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see this happen everywhere. I mean, let's say Four Points Park yes. was your moat ground. Yeah. It may not be possible to dig in a moat between, you know, the... Oh, well, anything's possible. Yeah, <laughs> except Ed. Yeah. Uh, and let's say Four Points Park... And I don't know where the dolphins are going to play. I'm oh, not sure with Redcliffe yeah. Oval. Redcliffe Oval, yeah. Yeah, wherever. Is that got a motor? Is that a motor? Uh, I think it's a motor. Yeah. Room for a motor. Oh, there. Okay, so yeah. you can take, bring your rod. Bring your rods. And what I think has to happen is mm-hmm. that they authorities yeah. have to get into bed with uh, you know ag departments oh, yeah. and suggest that we'll be releasing oh. uh, on say June the first yeah. two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. uh, you know small fish that will mm-hmm. b- grow yes. with the um, Contribution yeah. of chum for the next month, and mm-hmm. then horses' birthday, say August the first. Yep. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you can have it all the time because you'd fish it out pretty quickly. Once yeah. the word gets out, there's fish there. But you could only have the fishing happen during the match. You can't have just people turning up willy nilly to ah, fish true in that. the moat. True that. Yeah. You no, know, it's closed off. It's for, closed off for, for the most of the, of the time. time. Yeah. And you'd have to stack it with fish. And there'd have to be, uh, would we need a limit on number oh, you, you can take? You, yeah, you've got to have a say. Because if people come with a you know, 44 buddy gallon drum. drum to fill, well, that's not going to work. There might be a limit of four fish. A bag limit. A bag limit. Four and fish. there'd be a size limit Yeah, too. size limit, obviously. You, you can't, can't be too small. Yeah, too small. You've got so to you'd have bag. to have the touchies keeping an eye out. <laughs> Put that one back in. Yeah, true, true. Now, can I ask, salt water, fresh oh, water? Oh, well. See, a place near the sea might be able to channel salt water. Well, that Redcliffe motor, it's uh, salt water, isn't it? Yeah, salt water compliant. Yeah. So, obviously, if you're building one, say, in Bathurst. Ah, it'd be tricky. It'd probably be freshwater. Yeah. So, you have a lot of trout, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's your trout specialist. So, you get arguments about which bait's best. What bait are you taking? Yeah, that's right. That times a year. Yeah. Uh, different times of day, you know, maybe, oh, we've got a 145-year beauty. We get yeah. a lot of a lot of big brown trout yeah. that way. How'd you, how'd, how'd you go? Oh, no, we won. We got a win. Bagged four. <laughs> big feed tonight. Yeah. <clears throat> what a great idea. It's a beautiful See, idea. The, the great thing about it is is we 
have only begun really to understand how rugby league can impact the community. Yes. And we've got so far to go. That's right. We're limited only by our imagination. That's so true. (laughs) Interested in horse syndication? You are not alone. Thousands of Australians have secured a winning start on the equine property ladder with a leg up from the trackside experts Brown and Brown on bludging on the blind side. Roy, the moat uh, question seems to have sparked a good reaction. Uh, well, someone's suggesting actually with the moat at uh, Redcliffe Oval, uh, you could fill it with dolphins trained to celebrate a try. That would bring something new, wouldn't it? It would. The Americans would love that. They would. They would. Wouldn't they? Yeah. Just by the by, (laughs) Mm. given that we're looking at something that reached some sort of pinnacle this week, you know, in terms of rugby league and obviously with the moats and all that sort of stuff, are you completely convinced the American thing's... Going to happen. Well, or worth persevering with or... What does rugby league get out of it? Yeah. I mean, I understand that it's got nothing to do with rugby league. It's got to do with how punting works. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the rugby league itself is hard to imagine having a more entertaining, for want of a better word, and I'm using that word in the widest possible context, yeah. than the past week. Well, uh, I, I think we have a duty, HG, to lift the standard of the tomahawks, don't we? That, that's ultimately <laughs> what we're about. Yeah. So that, you know, Australia, the kangaroos v the tomahawks, you know, if it becomes as interesting as, say, Australia versus Tonga, it would be something. Then that really would be something. Mm. So, mm. so the, the more expansion of the game, and I, I think if we get the United <clears> States over the line, then other countries will come in. You mean Iceland yeah. and a place like that that haven't <clears> thought about it at all? That's right. That's right, where there's been no penetration. I mean, mm. I'd, God, name your top bloody Ten five Icelandic, Icelandic players. players, I'd struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Now, speaking of international... <laughs> Tournaments, mm-hmm. of course, the third prong of the uh, rugby union test is on tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, having this is uh, against Snoopy's paper. Having copped hair pulling, shoving, and elbows to the head, the Wallabies are bracing for more of off-ball niggle from England in third test. But they say they won't be baited into a silly response. Well, they have been in the past. <laughs> Veteran halfback Nick White expressed surprise at the amount of grubby behaviour displayed by English players during the three-test series, which will be decided, as mentioned, tonight. Yeah. Uh, the first test, Perth, England's second rower Johnny Hill baited Wallaby's lock Darcy Swain by shoving him in the face near a ruck That's and right. then pulling his hair in the mall. That's right. Swan responded with the head button that saw him set off. Got sent off, yeah. <laughs> For two tests. Yeah. Well, yellow, uh, Hill escaped with a yellow card. Now, haven't we got a turntables? Haven't we got to get in a, a bait, baiting specialist? We do need a baiting specialist. Yeah, someone, a niggle, a old, niggle an old niggle merchant. We we do need, and rugby union. Someone like Ennis the Menace. Well, yeah, he'd have to cross codes. Yeah, I know but, that, but, but niggle's the same no matter what yeah, the true. game is. And can I point out how disappointing the niggle from Liam Merchant, uh, so Liam Martin was the other night, who self-compressed oh, yeah. grub? Yeah. He, you can't. He didn't he demonstrate much, did he? I know. Is that yeah. the best he's got? Yeah. I mean, and f- drop the drop the nickname, buddy, because you yeah. haven't heard it. <laughs> I mean, right. it's all very well. But this, um, the other thing that uh, got people in rugby union upset was the problem of knock-ons. Mm. Oh, oh, that drives me to berserk. Be berserk. Accidental. Now, if some, something is determined to be a deliberate knock-on, it's a penalty, not a not, you know not a scrum. Mm-hmm. They, they actually get a penalty, and this happened to the the Wallabies. Cadbury Wallabies the other the other day. 
So someone went for an intercept and knocked the ball forward rather than collect the ball, and that was considered a deliberate knock-on. I know. and they It's have, insane. I know. And they're calling for rules to be overhauled. Yes. But why won't they overhaul the rules? That seems to me a stupid one should go straight away. Yeah. Well, of course it's got to go. Of course it's got to go. I mean, where's your incentive to try and... Get the ball. Yeah. Mm. I mean, rugby union, God almighty. I mean, you can blow a penalty for any t- at any and- time for any reason, and they do. They And they will. No wonder it's unwatchable. Electric vehicles? Think Rugby League. More doctors in the bush? Think Rugby League. Harsher penalties for corporate greed? Think Rugby League. Rugby League. A more certain tomorrow. Uh, So we get the England coach, Australian Eddie Jones. I think he comes from Tasmania. Yes, he does. We learned that last week. We did. Hmm. Uh, He's warned that rugby was spiralling out of control with red and yellow cards after, obviously, controversial calls. Hmm. It came as Wallabies captain Michael Cooper admitted uh, the deliberate knockdown rule, as we mentioned, was a little bit confusing following the side's eight-point loss. Jones joined the chorus of current and former players who were gobsmacked when the Wallabies are back... Isaiah Peresi and England back Marcus Smith were both yellow carded for deliberate knockdowns. And the All Blacks prop Angus Taavo was uh, sent from the sent off for an accidental collision with Ireland's Gary Ringrose on Saturday. That's a separate story. Separate story, yeah. Um, Now. The game's gone out of control, according to Jones. We saw the New Zealand Island test at one stage. The commentators couldn't count how many players were on the field, seriously, and they had three backs packing into the scrum. I mean, it went right yeah. off there, yeah. over the edge, really. Yeah. We've gone uh, the full hog where everything is a yellow card, everything is a red card. There needs to be some common sense come back into the game. Yeah. Now. When was the... common sense ever part of the game? Never. And who does he... Who's this group of people who are going to get together and agree? Yes. Uh, yeah, good I, luck with that. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Who, who do you go? who's head of rugby in the world? I don't know. That's I don't think there is question. anyone in charge of it, is there? I mean, it's just some, some sort of mad organic thing that <laughs> limps along. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I, I, I can't with rules of, no one can follow? I, the only thing would be to... Rules that are impossible for players to yeah. play the game. So you can't we, play the game with rules like that. We need to simplify the whole thing. Simplify the whole wildly. thing. Wildly. Yes. Yeah. Now, speaking of simplifying. So there's not illegal to enter from the side. Yes. Yes. Not, Ill- not illegal so, for a truck and trailer. I love a truck and trailer. Yeah. Or two feet on the ground two when you go to bed and pick up the ball. Mm. I mean, it is difficult. It is it? very difficult. Now, Someone's wondering, HG, if uh, the subject of toilet porcelain and toilet design might have been discussed by... Mum and Peter Volanders at their recent meeting. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it would. Yeah. Look. Mum would have said, have you been to the facilities here? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Have you seen our fowl away? Yes, Mum. Very impressed. All above Very impressed. Oh, yes. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Have perfect. you seen what they're doing in Japan with toilets, Mum? As a matter of fact, I have, Sir Peter. Yeah. <laughs> I have. That's right. I, I uh, set my temperature at yeah. 103. <laughs> Not hot on the pot for your Mum? Excuse the language. <laughs> now, mm. I'm sure we'll get back to that sooner or later. Sooner or later, yep. Now, look, <clears throat> this is concerns this uh, problem with the BBL. Now, did I see a story this week, before we come to it, that mm. 
In fact, South Africa isn't coming to Australia this summer. No, they're not. That frees up a lot more players for our BBL. Correct. And it also frees up a lot more players to go and play in the South African BBL. Oh, that's true too. Put on by the IPL. Yeah, that's right. Now, so here we have is two stories. Mm-hmm. Resentment mm-hmm. over state of origin uh, kickoff times has echoed all the way to cricket with the big bash to try and catch eyes of youngsters before bedtime. I mean, this is really... A... Right. What what time do, do, does the younger set hit the pillow these days, HG? Well, that's a very good question. It depends on the age, but I would mm. say a lot of youngsters are in bed by six up until, say, the age of five. Yes. This may be wrong, of course. Just at pe- dusk. Yeah, dusk at dusk. dusk. That's right. Yes. And then as they get a little bit older, they might be able to stay up and watch, uh, you know, MasterChef. Yes. Or uh, what, what Love did, Island or oh, something okay. like that, and then go to bed after that. Okay. But sometimes they're too what, excited. 9.30, 9.30, something like that. Yeah, well, too excited just once they've watched, you know, Love Island yes. or MasterChef, they have to stay up to watch something else, mm. like uh, Married at First Sight, Married at First Flush, yeah. or uh, The Bachelor. Or The Eye of the Storm. The Eye of the Storm. That's right. Mm. So, only one match in the BBL 61 game. <sighs> 61 games, did you say? I did. 61! I'm exhausted already. <laughs> Game season is scheduled to start after 8pm locally with organisers uh, to make bringing back crowds their number one aim after a couple of years of empty stands. Oh, because of COVID. Yeah, I know. Sure. They're yeah. seeing it through the wrong end of the telescope. Yeah. NRL boss, boss and royalty, Peter Volandis, recently said he was determined to negotiate with the Channel 9 to revamp State of Origin with kid-friendly starting times. What, five oh. o'clock? Well, that does sound as though it's going that way. Well, that doesn't Following sound people getting of... home from work. Indeed. You, know, you want to have your dinner? You want to what, be settled? You want a few beers? Oh, well, sure. Put, put in the atmosphere? Yep. You know, your place? Yep. I mean, this match is a – obviously, people have to get down to the ground. They could go straight from work, I suppose, mm. but they've got to get a – they've got to go pre's. I don't think to... you, can ha- you can have a starting time before seven. I reckon you're right. I don't think you can. The state of origin with kid-friendly starting times following years of backlash against uh, to the game starting well before, well after eight. Mm. Now, I must say that historically they've started anywhere between, say, eight and 8.30, but yeah. the one the other night, and I can only go on the latest, started bang on 8.10 when it was advertised. Yes, yes. Cricket Australia has been criticised over the recent years for having too many matches finishing after 11pm. Hmm. Just well, kids love watching the fallout, you know, your post-match oh, interviews true. and stuff like that. True, true. You know, Cam talking to whomever, Munster, yeah. how would you see it, money? Yeah, oh, it's great, Cam, yeah, that sort of stuff. They love that. Um, and that usually drags on for quite a and while. What? So if we start at seven, kick off at seven. You can get an hour of that. You can get an hour of that and have the kids in bed at ten. Yeah, and no, that's they've, right. They've seen all of the wash-up, they've seen Cam, they've seen, yeah. you know, uh, Joey John's going on the sook, which I thought was very disappointing. Yes. I mean, sure, there was lots of people throwing crap at he him. He was upset. He was upset. Yeah, he was upset. Mm. And it looked good being so upset. Yeah. But then fight with it. Use it. Yeah. Don't just sook off and say, you know, <laughs> oh, I won't do anything. So what, I can't put up with this for 12 months. <laughs> and a lot of swear words in there as well, which yeah. I didn't like. Anyway, the big Well, you bash- can't have the kids exposed to that sort of thing. And that's got to be pointed out. Well, to Joey Johns. Can I point there's, out? Th- Joey a, Johns, it's up to Sneezeby to get Johnsy's side. Say, and say, listen, hey, hey, enough of the blue. Yeah, or the brown. No potty talk here. Yeah, no potty talk. We've got kids. Right. We're, we're trying to make these kids friendly. Yeah. Or it's after the watershed. Yeah. I don't know where the watershed is at the moment. So 9.30 where anything goes. Let's say 10 to 10. 10 That's to when 10. you can start 
talking blue. Yeah. Now, uh, the Big Bash releases schedule uh, with uh, League Chief Alistair Dobson declaring clubs have been put on notice to prioritise lifting at-game attendances following two lean COVID years. Right. Now, how the hell are they going to do that? Hmm. There's 61 matches. How do you pick a good one to go to? Yeah. You know, when the Sixers v the Thunder, is that the one you're going to go to because it's a Sydney base? That sounds great. When's it on? Well, now. Sixers v Thunder, that'd be great. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. So. Are you a Sixers fan? I'm a big Sixers fan. Sixers. Yeah. Sunday, January the 8th, Thunder, uh, they're playing Thunder. This is the. Yeah. Et cetera, at Sydney Show. I hate Thunder. Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) Who doesn't? Um, See, anyway. that, they're, they're the sorts of passions we want, you know, expressed in the community. We want people to be really partisan. You well, know? That, yeah, that's true. If you're a six, approve it. Yeah. Turn up. Well, that would be great. Isn't that the message? I'm not sure who plays for the six. No, not let's, me. Let's say but they got out. Are they good? <laughs> <laughs> let's say they booked Freddie Flint off. To come out and have play. Have they? Yeah, they have. <laughs> no. right. right. So he comes out and does a campaign. Yeah. Oh, I'm Freddie Flitoff and I love the Sixers. I'm playing for them this year. Yeah. And if you don't come and watch them, I'll come around to your place and punch your head in. You know, something like that. Something like something that. Sets the, sets the tone right up the front. So kids because, are a bit scared. Oh, Mum and Dad, we've got to go. Because oh, Freddie's yeah. going to come around and punch me head in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, that's what we call advertising. That's what we call a campaign. Yeah. I mean... Do we need sort of government encouragement here, HG, some sort of... What, subsidy? Yeah. Like what would you suggest, $10? Well, why not? A coupon. Remember those coupons you could get? You get get half your meal for free or something if you... Yeah. Can I say... I, 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 don't, a, I don't know anyone who used it. You need a degree it, but... in fintech to work out how to get it, though. That oh, was the right. thing. I don't mean to be unkind to people here. Right. But it was... A, Complicated. Yeah, but kids, kids are great. Oh, with kids are great. I mean, right. if you're having trouble with your MyGov website, just get the kids involved. They'll solve it. Right. So we put attendance right at the top of the list, particularly this summer in yeah. development of the schedule. Mm-hmm. It's always been important to us, but even more so this summer. We know how keen everyone is to get back out there and start, uh, you know, and, and so the start times do play a role, meaning that they've adjusted. So if I look through the... Fixtures, seven fifteen, seven oh five. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Seven oh five. Seven oh five. Is that what time? Well, that's what time. Is that when the Sixers are playing Thunder? (laughs) No, they're playing the Scorchers. Scorchers. Yeah, hate Scorchers. (laughs) Seven oh five. Now, what will worry me is this change of start time all the time. You've got to be consistent. Exactly. It's got to be consistent. So you've got to know that seven o'clock, BBL. It's going so to start. Then, Come on, they, Dad. Come on, Mum. It's about they, to start. Yeah, what go, is it? Seven, is it? Yeah, that's right. Then they go to 7.15, then 6.05, 7.15, oh, then 6.05, Madness. Madness. Who's programming this? Well, somebody called Dobson. Dobson. By the looks. Now. What network's it on? Is it still on seven? Well, wait. There's more. BBL boss says seven's excited. At seven's excited. They wanted to walk away from the contract last week. I know. And, well, this is the BBL boss talking, oh. not Seven. Right, BBL has anyone boss, spoken from Seven? No. BBL boss says Seven excited at another 61-game right. season. Oh, Ooh. Lord. Big Bash boss <laughs> Alice Dobson, who we mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, insists Seven West Media is really excited about the upcoming uh, offering of domestic 2022. 
2020 yeah. content despite the legal attempts to get out of it. It comes as Dobson defended the length of the 61-game uh, season, which will begin on 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 a Tuesday night in Canberra right. with the Sydney Thunders playing the Melbourne Stars. Oh, the Stars. Yeah, I forgot all about them. The, oh, them. yes, Tuesday oh. the 13th of December, Melbourne Stars yeah. at Monica Oval at 7.15. I'll right. be going down to see them. Well, I wonder how many Melbourne Stars fans will be driving up or getting the train. To catch that one. What time's the key? What time's it? 7.15. 7.15. Oh, that's all right. Mm. We think the structure of the BBL season is the right one in terms of the number of games. Oh, that's a call. Mm. It's a fraction shorter than it's been the last couple of seasons. We feel like the 56-game regular season is the right no, model. Not long enough. What are, no. <laughs> it's got to be 61. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> we know fans want to come and watch. We know our primetime television audience holds up really strong. Our, our crowds are still the envy of a lot of different sport codes around the world. Yeah, I'll say they are. Uh, Cricket Australia's partner has lodged a $450 million television, uh, you know, action, yeah. legal action against the $450 million television deal. Yeah. Uh, well, asked if, the, if he was confident there was enough quality offering in the up-and-coming tournament to prevent Seven from suing. For further damages, Dobson said, I can't offer too much around that. There's yeah. a process in place. We've worked really closely with the, their programming and production team and they're really excited about the really season. Really excited. So excited. They, they they obviously want to kill it by having, you know, a five past six start, ten <laughs> past six, quarter to seven. You don't know where you bloody well are. The posse pulled up around the campfire. It had been a hard day of bitter dust on the trail of the murderer. But spirits were lifted when Black Bruce realised it was bin night and the crew could download the Blindside podcast from the ABC Listen app. And you're listening to The Bludge. Roy, text uh, messages. Yeah, Paul from Ipswich, she says, happy rugby league. Dolphin Oval is right by the sea and could definitely be connected to Moreton Bay by a canal. Imagine being able to not only catch Brim, Flathead and Trevally, but also to spear local sea life such as dugong, green turtle, or most obviously dolphin, to take home for the family. I don't know about um, dugong, aren't spear fishing. No, well, I think that would... I just uh, think it could get out of hand if you've got a lot of people turning up with spear guns. <laughs> face masks face and snorkels. Mask snor- well, well no, a- you can't get into the moat. Obviously, you'd have to... It's a hook job. Yes. I think you it's know. a I think it's yeah. a hook job. But I then again, we've got to have limits. If someone has a, a really long line and they're sitting up the back, are they able to land one and, land drag, it one and drag it up over people's heads? No, well, I, I mean, think... there are issues that have to be looked at. Yeah. Look, can I also say that <clears throat> I don't mind spear guns as long I as I love you're... spear guns <laughs> in the right context. <laughs> okay. I just don't think they look good at a rugby league ground no, with I families. Don't. Families. No, I agree. I agree. Because sure as night follows day, someone's going to cop one. Yeah, that's right. right. Now, (laughs) just coming to Wimbledon, uh, you know, what did you think of the final? Uh, Obviously it was... Well, um, the the first set showed promise, didn't it? It It showed real promise. I I, I just think uh, Djokovic worked out how to get his serve back. Yes. How to get... Yes, uh, it took a while, but he... Took a while, but he worked out how to... And Nick then got frustrated that these... You know, serves that in the past would have One were points. unplayable. Yeah, suddenly were coming back at and, him. Well, yeah, but mm, not hit with any authority. Just lobbed back to him, and he hates that. He hates a slow lobbing ball. 
frustrates yeah, him. And, that, and that's what Djokovic just continually did, just lob right. the ball back, you know. Now, on the other hand, uh, two days after fi- saving five match points in the semifinals, Ebden and Purcell, that's uh, Matt Ebden and Max Purcell, yeah. battled for four hours, 11 minutes on Saturday to defeat Croatia's defending champions, Metic and Pavic. Yeah. What a feather in the cap. I know. Or the feather in the trouser. In the pants, the whole, it is for the whole... Australian... Yes. Has little, little late reached out to Ebden and co for Davis Cup, do you think? Well, they were... I'm not sure, but we might come to that. But the runners-up to Special K's, Nick and, uh, you know... Th- yes. Thanasi uh, in Australian Open finals in January. Mm-hmm. Ebden and Purcell are the first Aussies to reign at all England, as I mentioned earlier, since the Woodies. Mm. That's Mark Woodford and Todd Woodbridge. Yeah. And haven't they kicked on? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, Todd's now the face of tennis on <clears throat> so many channels so around many the channels world. Channels around yeah. the world, and that was twenty-two years ago. Wow. Now, before the Woodies, it was dominated by the Supermax. Supermax. Uh, well, you yeah. mentioned those. And then you claimed Newcomen Roach before that. Well, the suppose. Supermax Woodies were the last of an incredible batch of Australian pairings that dominated on London grass courts post World War Two. Mm. Between forty-eight. <clears throat> And McNamara and McNamee's first victory. Famous teams like, wait for it, Quist and Bromwich. Oh, yes. Adrian Quist. Yes. Wonderful. <clears throat> Sedgman and McGregor. Oh, Frank Sedgman. God, yeah. couldn't oh, he play? Hoden Rosewall. Yep. Lou and Ken. <clears throat> Emerson and Fraser. Yep. Is that Fraser of Fraser? Yes. That's the phrase. Yeah, that's the phrase. And Newcomb and Roach yep. won a staggering of 20 Wimbledon doubles titles for Australia. Yep. You forget how dominant we were. We in the were. World of we were. I mean, you thought doubles, you think Australia. Mm. Edden Purcell can't believe they've joined such a steam club. I thought we were out of here first round. Mm. We would love uh, 40 down in the fifth with with three match points. Yeah. And then we just won Wimbledon. How good's that? It it shows it's never over until the, obviously, the larger person goes for a spit. That's right. (coughs) What I love about it, the Aussie spirit, they never gave up. They never gave up. They never gave up. No, they never gave up. No, three match points against them. Three, count them. Three match points in the fifth set. In the first round. In the first round. And they got through to the and final. And they toughed it out. They, 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 toughed they, it they out. reached into that Aussie. They dug. They dug. Mm. Now, speechless said Ebden. Well, I mean, the Blues can learn something from well, that. Well, exactly. Why doesn't Ebden Co., why doesn't Freddie get Ebden Co. to come and talk to the Blues? Yeah. About how they Wouldn't did Wouldn't help it. now, of course, a little bit late, but he should have got them in earlier. <laughs> so if he was it's still coaching. About deep. I oh, know. If he was coaching next year. Yes. I mean, God forbid, but if he was coaching next year, yes. would it be good? He'd to, reach out. He'd have he, to. He'd have to. Even if you only got him on now. Zoom. On Zoom. Oh, Zoom. You know, yeah. they might be no overseas competing. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> oh, I mean, if they're in town, yeah, sure, get them around. Yeah. And what, a tight 40 with the with the team? Yeah, just yeah. just a, a bit of a what it was like, what it felt like, and then a bit of Q&A, which would probably be the same. Yeah, what it feel like. Didn't I just tell you? That's <laughs> right. That's right. Do, do, What's it know, like? Feel like a winner? Oh, it's great. You know. And do you ever feel like planting one on somebody? You know, there's yeah. obviously two players there. You could plant somebody. Well, as a on. tennis player, we don't normally do that. But yeah, I have those feelings. Sure, sure. But I try to use those feelings as positive. You know, yeah. I, I think to myself, oh, I'm not going to hit him. I'm going to beat him. Now, the other, <laughs> the other good news concerns um, Brooke Bushkule, who mm-hmm. has set the national record in uh, long jump. Oh, the long jump. Yeah. Now. Isn't uh, that a good news story? I mean, it's an incredibly not good news story. Since jumping Jai, Tarima, the centimetre guy, centimetre guy at the Sydney Olympics. Yes, he was our last big noise in long jump. Yeah, well, he was he was a big noise. Certainly, that he really blew him apart. He now, did. 
this is um, Bush Kuhl, mm-hmm. uh, suffered a knee injury before the Tokyo Olympics, had knee surgery at the end of last year and only began jumping again in April. She manages two autoimmune diseases, Hashimoto's and celiac, oh. suffered COVID-19 and are not set a personal best for six years and doesn't have an apparel sponsor, but in the US she has found form of a career. Isn't that wonderful? What? Could Tell be- that to the blues. Yeah, exactly. It's what I was Overcoming thinking. adversity. Yes. And keeping her head down and keeping on going. Yes. Six long years without a PB. I never gave up. I never gave up. And yet the Blues gave up in the dressing room before they walked out. (laughs) It's always the way it is uh, with the long jump. The jumps that feel effortless are the ones that are the furthest. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I felt like I flew through the air and where I landed, I had a bit of a gauge of where it could have uh, been. Yeah. Uh, And then I saw it was, uh, you know, past the seven metre mark, 7.13, I was shocked. Shocked. Mm. It seemed insane. Yes given where I've come from. The jump felt amazing. It helped that I had great conditions. It's been a challenging 18 months, both physically and mentally. Mm. Now, I just hope she can take that form into the world, yeah, which begin in be Oregon, Oregon, and then she'd probably push on to What Birmingham. about the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, Birmingham Commonwealth Birmingham, Games. Yeah. We're talking Commonwealth We're talking Games. We're talking That would be a medal-winning performance it would. in Birmingham. It would. It would. I oh, know no, we could put that in their put pocket already. Put that in their pocket already, yeah. Isn't that wonderful? It's great news. And what a great story to finish a rather disappointing week with the Blues. Oh, I know, I know. Someone's suggesting, actually, you could watch the rugby league from your boat if you're allowed to have a boat, small boat on the moat. (laughs) I suppose that would be possible. If it's not too too distracting for the... You know, maybe a kayak. For the players or the crowd. You know, if the players, you know, suddenly the crowd erupts because someone's caught a... A a terrific flathead. <laughs> they wonder what the crowd's on about. I mean, we haven't done much. <laughs> <laughs> We're losing. <laughs> now, look, I think it's. I think these are ideas that have to go to, say, Rugby League Central. Yes. Volandis has to get people to. I, I'd love to think the Queen might have some input. Yes. You know, it'd yes. be great to get her thoughts on moats. Yes. She'd, she'd probably to... like to have the moat lined in some sort of Royal Dalton. Whoa. Royal Dalton tiles. That would be wonderful and inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, if you feel as though you've lost the last two hours of your life, well, then you can get them back by listening to the podcast, which will be up in a few minutes' time once we uh, pack up stumps here and move on. Uh, in the meantime, join us next week when we bludge on for another two hours. Thanks very much for being part of the show, Blindsiders. See you next week. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. One of the best things about Royan HG is, well, it's the best. The only downside is waiting a full week to get the next app. If you need a sporting fix to tide you over, check out ABC Sport Daily. We tend to think as Australians, oh, we're going to win everything. Each episode, we tell one sports story in depth in under 15 minutes, including a wrap of everything else making headlines. 14 straight losses has definitely amounted to this. David Noble given 38 games at the helm. We're talking to people in the know about stories you will want to know. In the best origin ever, I thought he was the best player on the field. It is seriously good, but we won't take ourselves too seriously. He's a bit of a hacker but he really enjoys that abc sport daily it's your daily sports conversation